Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Thank you for tuning in to episode 126. If you're new here, welcome. And if you've been with me, thank you, and you are the reason I smile. Today on the show, I have Janice Lintz, who's here to share an amazing, inspirational story with us. Life always throws curveballs at us. And for Janice, her curveball was when she felt her heart sink when her daughter was diagnosed with hearing loss at two and a half. As her daughter struggled to understand museum guides and actors on stage, even with hearing aids, Janice did not dwell in this reality, but instead she plunged into research and became a passionate, accomplished hearing loss consultant and advocate. She is well known and respected for her ability and accomplishments and has earned her unprecedented access to business leaders, government officials, politicians, and respected academians worldwide. She helped the New York City Transit Commission and even the New York City Taxi Commission to put in new technology in its transit systems, providing hearing access to over 100 major corporations. And Janice and her company, Hearing Access, is sought after and well-versed in all major press outlets such as the New York Times, NBC, Fast Company, People, Forbes, Psychology Today, just to name a few. So without further ado, here's Janice. Welcome to the show, Janice. Thank you so much, Lucy, for having me. Please tell us a little bit about your business, how you started your business. So I I run a consulting company, helping companies, government agencies become accessible for people who are deaf or hard of hearing. I started it because I have a daughter who has a hearing loss. And when she was diagnosed with her hearing loss, the first thing after the doctor told me the diagnosis was that there were special schools for her. My idea of special and the doctor's idea of special are two different things. And I decided it was easier to change the world than to change my standards. And so I set upon affecting change. And during the process, I learned organically that there were certain things that worked and certain things that don't that could apply to any issue. My issue happens to be hearing loss, but I've used the same skills and techniques for other things and they consistently work. What did you have along the way that were some challenges and surprises while building your business? I think that for me, a lot of people, because I transitioned from an advocate to a consultant, I had, and it still find it challenging, people just expect me to work for free. So making that transition is challenging because people just think you should do this out of the graciousness of your heart and that you don't need to pay your rent or mortgage, that this is just, you know, something you do. And it still continues to be a challenge. Oh, I can see how that can relate to a lot of entrepreneurs as well. When they're first starting their business, they're usually doing a hobby instead of making their business profitable right? Exactly. And so for me, that has been an incredible challenge to overcome. Absolutely. So how did you overcome that challenge? 
Well, one way I have done it is I only work for free. I still do advocacy work, but I only do the work for free when it's a passion project. So for example, like working yesterday, the FDA announced new over-the-counter regulation proposal. I've worked diligently on that project since 2009, making hearing aids affordable so that they are not the new status symbol of the rich is really important to my life. It benefits not only my daughter, but the entire world. And so working on that for free is one thing. Helping for-profit companies for free is a totally different thing. So one of the things that I've done is I have two separate websites. I have my consulting website, hearingaccess.com, and I have my advocacy website, janislins.com. They look very different. The hearing access website looks very professional because I hired a professional. JaniceLintz.com looks like a mom did it because that's exactly who did it, me. It looks that way. And I use that distinction because I thought of upgrading it, but I continue to use it because I want people to understand when you hire a consultant, you get professional looking services like my website. When you do it yourself, this is what it looks like. And so I've used that as a distinction and people find the humor in it. But then I also created on my, my advocacy website, Tools to Use. So I include in under hearing access tools to use, and I provide documents that are my, my comments that I do to government um, and city legislation, government, federal, state, and city legislation. Documents I think will be helpful to someone who does want to do it themselves, because I do want people to be able to put in the access themselves. But I also explain it's kind of like Adobe. You get basic for free. And when you want the bespoke version with all the bells and whistles, that's when you have to pay for it. So if you want to find all the information yourself on the website, go ahead. It's all there. But if you want me to send you documents, I don't do that. You have to go into tools to use. You click through and you can find all the information. People get the point. (laughs) I love that. I think it's about setting our rules. And I think setting rules is very important in our own life and also in our business so that you know exactly what your rules are. You don't have to think about it. You have them ready and your potential clients know exactly what to expect as well. Exactly. And I'm very clear about what I will do and what I won't do. And as a result, it has made it really easy to, you know, by setting boundaries, there are times where people want me to send documents or, oh, can you send me this? Can you tell me? I can, but we have to discuss my fee. And, you know, I'm very clear about it. I'm not going to do it for free. So what I hear from you is a lot of confidence. Um, You have to be organized. You have to be persistent in order to impact those changes, in order to go for what your causes are and advocate for them. So how do you find the confidence to affect those changes? I think it's once you get uh, reach a skill set where you are really comfortable in your skills and the fact that. I've sat and watched companies not hire me, then they make colossal mistakes because the devil's in the details. You know, they think it's just, for example, in in my case, hearing access, they think it's about pulling wire. They hire electricians, they slap up a sign and they just think you're done and it's not. And then it doesn't work. And then, you know, there are companies that like Apple's a perfect example. 
They've done their sign multiple times. It's incorrect. And, you know, they'll say, well, tell us what's wrong. As, and, and they do it under the guise of feedback. I'm sorry, you don't give me free AirPods or music. Why am I giving a company like Apple free services? It's not feedback. That's called free consulting. And you have to set really clear boundaries. But at the same point, advocacy, used to, it's sometimes really hard because well, I have a daughter who needs the access in the Apple store. And so finding that line of you're also a human being and you're consulting and it's finding a very fine line. And I'm very clear, once I start working on a project that's an advocacy project, I cease trying to find it as a business project. But then once I shift to the advocacy role, my role is not there to be a free service to the company. It's really more the advocacy role is on the filing the complaints or working with the government to solve the problem. I stopped assisting the company directly. I assist the government agency. While you were in the process of making these change, you mentioned there are certain tools or certain ways that you do things that you get repeated results. So what is the most important thing to do? Follow up. I find 99% of the people, they give it maybe one shot and then they go away. They never follow through. And I think having consistency and tenacity is really critical. Um, you know, when you email somebody one time and they don't respond, even two times, sometimes it takes four times for someone to respond. I remember um, the U.S. Civil Rights, I just blanked, sorry, advocate, Vernon uh, Jordan. He told me that when I wanted to meet with him, it took four times for me contacting him before he met with me. And the reason he said was because if it wasn't worth my time to continuously contact him without being like annoying, it wasn't worth his time to meet with me. And I thought that was a really valuable lesson because I, you know, four times it starts to feel a little uncomfortable. Are you being a pest? But he felt four was the right number. And I've used that as my, you know, my litmus test. I will say when people don't respond and it's something that they need to respond, it's not whether they're going to hire you, but let's say on an advocacy basis. And it get then some, a lot of times I know it's starting to become because they're doing something nefarious or you have really hit a raw nerve if it's an advocacy type project. That's when I consistently stay on the project because I know I've hit a raw nerve. When you're consulting, it's different and you can't make someone respond, but you can come up with creative ways to reach out to them or sometimes meet them at a conference. And you just have to be consistent and, you know, send them emails with interesting information, maybe something that you noticed that you thought would be of interest to them, sending them an email, you know, alerting to that, become a resource to that person. So you mentioned not getting a reply. Do you think sometimes it's because you've sent the email to the wrong person? Well, so one of the other things that I do is because I'm not sure who the right person is in terms of, I always start at the top of the company and I work my way down with the help of the person that's the top of the company. It's really hard to ascertain who the correct person is. And so by starting at the top, I know it will filter down to the correct person. And if I start at the bottom and then go up, then I'm going over someone's head. When you stop, start at the top, you're not going over a person's head. So I tend to find that for me works best. I need to be, I need to buy in of the person with the checkbook. 
I love that tip. That's really important because usually we tend to go smaller, right? We tend to go to the assistant or um, someone who's easier for us to access instead of going to the person at the top. Yeah, I mean, working with assistants is critical. Um, many times I'm working with assistants, and I think it's also important when you work with an assistant, know their name. You know, treat them as a human, not as the person who's the gatekeeper. But develop a relationship with the assistant. It can be a game changer with your project because when they they know who all the right people are in a company, and people know when they're getting an email from the assistant. It's the same as the person themselves because they're the gatekeeper. So treating assistants like humans and not just like someone to tick a box, that's critical. Know their name. So, I mean, one of the things I do is I maintain a phone log and I write down who the date I speak to people, who I spoke to, what I said, and the outcome. And as a result of that, I know when I spoke to that person before, and when I call and they answer the phone, I can say, for example, hi, Lucy, it's nice to speak to you again, right? And so first off, the person is really surprised I know their name. Secondly, they know I'm keeping track. And so that also makes them pay a little more attention because they realize that I am paying attention. And when people know you're paying attention, they start to pay attention. I love that. And how important would you say this process of managing real relationship has been for your work? Uh, I, I mean, managing relationships is critical because first off, you, it's hard to burn bridges because you never know that person may be at this company this time, but they can be at another company next time. And if you never know where they're going to be. So it's all about managing relationships. That said, if you have someone who is inappropriately blocking you, you have to address that as well. And you can't be timid and let that person just bully you. So for an example, in an advocacy project, I'm working on something right now where I don't think the person is doing their job. I think they're being really super lazy and I'm going to call them out on that. And yet, and, and I have no choice because this has been going on for a long time. They're making me spin my wheels and wear me out. And that's just unacceptable. And I've seen that before. And usually when I start to suspect that it's been over a period of time before I will go around that person and go over to their boss. Thank you for all your wisdom. What would you say was very helpful along the way for your success? I find, you know, people always say, read this book, read that book. For me, meeting and making great connections, not being transactional, and, and that's critical. But I like to go, and this is hard during pandemics, but a little, it's, you know, you can still do it through webinars, but it's definitely much harder. But I like going to events and meeting people, going to lectures and hearing great people who have accomplished things speak. And then going up to them, getting there a little early to speak to them because afterwards people are really busy. But when you arrive early, people are getting ready and they're actually looking for a friendly face to speak with, you know, because they're a little, everybody gets a little nervous before a presentation. And I find that's a great opportunity to speak to someone. And so, and make a connection. Don't ask them for something right away, but get to know them, ask them smart questions, not questions that you just want to hear yourself speak, follow up with them, ask them then future questions and use this as an opportunity to get to know someone. I find those are golden opportunities that people underutilize. I love that tip. Is there a quote that you go by in life? 
Yes, two of them actually. Obstacles become opportunities and never waste a crisis. The last one was by Winston Churchill. I'm not sure the first one, but I really believe never waste a crisis is like the mantra of my life. Um, And a perfect example is there was this new FDA regulation that came out yesterday, uh, the proposal about hearing aids. And I've worked on that for since 2009, a really long time. And part of that came from when I had an ex-husband who wouldn't pay for my daughter's hearing aids. And suddenly the cost of my daughter's hearing aids seemed insurmountable. I didn't know how I was going to pay for them because no one ever discusses that you need two pairs of hearing aids a backup in case one breaks. So suddenly I had the $16,000 bill and I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. And I used that opportunity to realize that hearing aids were just out of control price-wise and they had to become cheaper. And for the next 12 years, I've worked on that to disrupt the entire market to make hearing aids affordable so they were no longer the status symbol of the rich. And yesterday, the new regulations are, that were announced in the proposal is going to do exactly that. So I had this crisis and I could have just sat in, in a pool of tears crying, but I chose to do something about it instead. So I'd like to think every, the world is going to benefit from my misery. <laughs> Wow, you're amazing, Janice. Thank you for your time. And I'll be sure to link both of your websites in the show notes. Wonderful. And thank you so much, Lucy. It's so lovely to meet you. Thank you. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Liu Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 